Hello, hello, I'm Lindsay Luttrell and this is Table 5. I hope everyone is having a great summer. I wanted to let y'all know that I'm taking the month of August off to go shoot another season of Guys Grocery Games and spend some QT with family. Um, so no new episodes for August, but I am already recording new episodes that'll start coming out in September and I am just so, so excited. Um, so if you haven't listened to all of the episodes, now is your chance to catch up. And if you have, thank you very much, <laughs> please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple. Aside from actually listening to Table 5, leaving reviews is the best way to support the podcast. So I appreciate it so much. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a review. Okay, so my next guest is a chef, entrepreneur, TV personality, and mentor. In this episode, we talk about how food became a part of her, the advice she would give her younger self, her I can do anything mindset, and how she took a step back to reevaluate and stop pouring from an empty cup. I have been wanting to sit down with her since I started the pod, and it was even more enjoyable than I could have ever anticipated. So please enjoy my conversation with Naisha Arrington. I am actually very excited that we're finally doing this because I feel like we've had it in the works and then little things have gotten in the way, and here we are. It worked out. All right. Well, I will just say this, that I am obviously very excited to talk to you about like, you know, your culinary journey and, yes. you know, all of the good chef stuff. But yes. I'm, I feel like I'm mostly, when I think about interviewing you, I'm mostly excited to talk to you about just like how you got here because you okay. to me are such a positive, inspirational like person, I feel like every time I'm around you, I'm just like, how is she so happy all the time? I watch your Instagram and I'm like, I need her to come rub off on me. So I'll want to go like, take care of myself the way you take care of yourself. And you're like bebopping around on your bike with blue ginger in the neighborhood. And I'm like, I need to be that version of myself. And like, I just, Aww. I'm like, I'm always wondering how you got to that place. And so I'm just, yeah. I'm most excited to like, uncover Naisha's journey here. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to chat about all those things because I think it was definitely a journey to like get to this point of like feeling those things, prioritizing those things, yeah. you know, as a, uh, you know, for sure chronic workaholic, like I have now been able to, I feel like manage my calendar better to be more optimized in my career and get yeah. a lot of shit done. But also like, very much intentionally not pour from an empty cup because I think for so long while you know all the smiles all the things like sure for sure I felt like um like I wasn't prioritizing my health you know mm. and I think doing that now has like bettered me in every freaking part of my life for That's sure so great because I I mean I am dead serious when I say not too long ago I had like a little bit of a breakdown where I was just like yeah crying and I'm like you're not supposed yeah. to be this busy like I'm not yeah. supposed to feel this rundown this busy yes. this exhausted and now yes. I feel like I'm lacking community because I'm never here I'm never with my that people part. Yeah. yeah and so you're just like I'm like and then I'm like I'm gonna do something about it and then the next yes. job starts and the next thing happens and the next podcast yes. whatever and I'm like nope I'm just back to the grind so how did you yes you say you made that decision but like how did you did you end up being like okay I'm gonna prioritize myself 
not pour from an empty cup and this is how I'm going to do it and like live it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I would say the biggest change for me was like 2019. I feel like, okay, like I started cooking professionally in like 2002, mm-hmm. graduated culinary school in Santa Monica where I live now. And I have been extremely, extremely intentional with my career. Like I, there was d- never a doubt in my mind that I wanted to be a chef and not only just be a chef, like I'm a very performance driven person. I was like, I want to be the best. Like I want to be the best. Right. Meat cooker, fish cooker. I want to know about all the vegetables. I want to know how to celebrate them individually the way they tell me that they want to be celebrated. I want to cook everything at peak season. I want to work for the best chefs, you know? And so on that pursuit over the last, you know, about 20 years now, you know, I've traveled the world, you know, I left home when I was 17 and I never really left that sort of proverbial cooking board. You know, I, I started out and I, and I, and I didn't look up for a long time. My Mm -hmm. scope was very, 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 very small. Um, and all I lived and breathed was the kitchen, you know, and I, and I was about that lifestyle girl. Like I like leaned into the idea of being like the best line cook, you know, and just, you know, early two thousands, that's all I cared about. I wanted to be the best chef. I want to have the sharpest knife. I'll show up early. I'll leave late. I, you know, stay up late, go back to work, repeat. And, you know, for years and years and years. And so I would say, you know, when I opened my second restaurant, Native, you know, I felt like I was starting to feel these kind of like seams starting to kind of open up of like Mm -hmm. not prioritizing my health, my wellness, being that performance driven person, it started to become very much imbalanced, you know, and I I hadn't hit those markers of checking in with myself, you know, spiritually, emotionally, like all of those things. And so, you know, in 2019, I made a very conscious effort to, um, well, I'll tell you, actually, I found this amazing team of ladies and this workout group who were all like boss, dope, like CEOs, like entrepreneurs. And truly it was the first time that like, I was around so much like female energy that was like strong, you know, there wasn't a lot of that growing up in the kitchens that I was in, you know, they were generally you know, not that it was like a negative thing, but there were generally not a lot of ladies in the kitchen. Right. You know, there were a couple of us. And so when I saw that dynamic specifically from females, I was like, this is so empowering. This is so like, I've never been around this. And so that kicked it off for me and it just empowered me and invigorated me. And I started to like get strong and like go deeper into like how am I fueling my body? Right. You know, what, how am I spending my weekends? Like, am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking enough water? You know, these basic things that people say, you know, get sunlight in your eyes in the morning, right? right. Set First that circadian Exactly. Right. Uh, you know, make sure you're drinking a hundred ounces of water a day. Like make sure you're exerting physical fitness, all these like basic things that we hear, but like actually doing them is not always that necessarily easy. You right. know? So I think, as we talk about mise en place in the industry and setting your station up, setting your kitchen up, setting your team up, my life mise en place, I think, wasn't really in place on my wellness side. Yeah. So once I started to prioritize those things, everything changed for me, especially, you know, I would say mentally, 
physically, even spiritually, my cup started to become fuller and I felt like I'm, I'm better more in the other aspects of my life, you know, mm -hmm. and training, you know, five and six days a week, you know, I just finished my first fitness competition. And it's like, oh my you know, I grew up in, I know. And it was like, so wait, cool, fitness you know? competition where you're like out there, like showing off your, like that kind where you're in the outfit and doing all this stuff. No, uh, maybe one day. Oh my god! Like no, like a whole like performance thing, doing like barbell movements in oh front of a crowd Naisha. on a team. I know. Holy cow! It was so fun. It was That's so fun. Amazing. It was so fun. Yeah, a few weeks ago, um, finished. I think I, my goal was to like not die, and, like not <laughs> That's be a last. solid goal. Like, yeah, and so I, you know, we finished like pretty high up and like it was really empowering and like I was like oh my gosh oh, I can't wait to do the next one but I you know I say that journey's been about four years you know and yeah. it's been a roller coaster sure. up and down and and, and, and it, for me it's not all about like an aesthetic goal like mm -hmm. for me it's about feeling strong feeling powerful feeling like you know I'm in this position to give uh the best version of myself yeah. you know and I try I try so hard to be that every day, you know, and, and some days are more successful than others, but I really try to look for the opportunities for growth. I've always had that sort of mindset and I'm, you know, wired that way. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. 2019, I was like, you know, these things aren't serving me. I don't love the way I feel. I don't love the way how I'm like showing up for others, you know, and people in my life. Like we talked about nurturing community. Yeah. I was very much like selfish, like just working, 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 you know, maybe, you know, missing a lot of birthdays, missing a lot of celebrations, not prioritizing the other parts of joy yeah. in life other than being a, a craftsman. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's yeah. hard too. Cause it's like, I feel like it's funny. I like set a boundary with something recently where I'm like, I need I need to do this. It's important to me. Yes. It's it's a family thing and whatever. And I, someone made a joke like, well, because Lindsay sets boundaries. And I'm like, the one boundary I set with work in the last yeah. like six years. And then I feel like it's almost like back in my face. So it, it is kind of funny to try and find that balance and what works and and use that to your advantage while also still showing up for the things that matter. It's like, how do uh. I prioritize all of that? But I'm I love that you had this like reckoning and you were like, I'm going to start working towards it. And four years is a long time and also not a long time. You know, it's like you've been working totally. towards it and it's like, how great that you've been there for four years. And you're also like, wow, I just started this journey. I feel like, you know, totally. And it really taps into a lot of things on set early. Like my parents put me in martial arts when I was a kid, you know, I played softball, I played soccer in high school. And then I stopped doing those fun things. I love playing on teams. You know, I love that dynamic. And, yeah. you know, I put that down, you know, and cooking's a team sport as well. And it's a different exertion, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a very demanding one on yourself, you know, and yeah. um, being able to pick that back up and find joy in extracurricular activities was really the beauty. And, and also, you know, just even going to, like, I started going to therapy like last year yeah. for the first time ever. Oh, really? You know, and I think... Yes. And I feel like, you know, in our industry, when we talked about, we talk about a lot more now about mental health, yeah. you know, and like back in the day, in my old days, like that wasn't a thing, <laughs> right? you know, it was like, oh, you work, work and just keep working. And like, yeah, you know, and so now being able to talk about things and process things, I feel like, you know, and what brought that thought up was when you said boundaries, you know, and it's like, what, you know, that term 
and and you know, thinking about this, it's like when you start to realize those things in the beginning. And for me, it can almost feel like it's not like being mean, but it's like you know what works for you. Yeah, and, and it almost is like pouring water on the soil to nurture the relationship to say, I don't want to be triggered by these things. Right. So I'm going to like voice the things right. so that we can both work towards yeah. a even balance. And it's right. so, it's so freaking empowering. It really is. You know, talking about a sense of community, it's just so incredible. And you know, the, the, the empowerment that you feel when you're strong in your body mm-hmm. and you can show up for yourself and, still almost play on this like team and you know me and a couple of the girls from the gym went and we did this competition and it was it was like one of the best days ever that's so cool really yeah will you do another one i think so i have to find one i'm literally lynn's like my goal is to have the best summer ever because like (laughs) yes i just and, and for me yes literally that's like a top line goal like i don't know that that's ever necessarily been a goal and you know i last year had the opportunity to travel a lot and I did a lot of international dinners so I you know I did Jamaica and Bali and Morocco which was like incredible and then we went into filming you know later in the year this year you know I've had I have the opportunity to go to Hong Kong and do a pop-up in Greece and you know with the film schedule I thought you know that would have taken me out of Santa Monica for essentially like a month and a half straight with events every weekend and like I really had to ask myself, like, am I doing this for like the life experience? Right. Am I like doing it just to like be outside? Like what are, what's, what's the goal here? Yeah. You know? And so I thought this summer, I just want to like spend it with my friends and like build community, you know, and nurture relationships, work out, go to the beach, jump in the ocean, go on hikes, cook for people. Like that's what I want to do, you know? And so I've worked hard to to allow myself to to be able to say that that is an option, mm-hmm. you know. So, so that's um, that's my goal, and and I say that to say that hopefully, if I in the next couple months I can find one too that yeah. I can uh, another competition that I can do. But yeah. First of all, I love that you've made a goal for having the best summer ever because that's a good <laughs> a good goal to have. <laughs> um, and I always think about like. I mean, we're neighbors here in Santa Monica and you're yes. always on your bike. You're always like yes. out on the town with blue ginger, your adorable dog. Uh, she's like, right here. <laughs> I'm like, you are going to have the best life because I feel like when you're here, you are having the best life. You just need more time here. Yeah. Sun's going to come out soon. And, yes. you know, yes. And, um, and we're going to be here. I'm telling you, Ginger is literally my boss. You've met her, you know her. And she, she will literally walk up to my bike and like just sit next to it. And I'm like, oh yes, your chariot awaits. You're right. We should get on the bike. You're like, and right. We'll it's go. time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll cruise. And it is, it's the best. I love it. You had said earlier, like you, when you were talking about, um, you know, kind of like working out and being a member of teams and loving that. And you're like, I've always been that way. I am curious, like, how was that instilled in you? Like you said, you were playing sports, like you grew up in LA, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. My dad, I mean, for most of the, you know, LA County, um, we lived in Gardena. We, you know, was born in West Los Angeles on Venice Boulevard. And then we moved to Gardena until I was about seven. And then we moved to a place called Lancaster, which is the high desert. And it's about an hour outside of Los Angeles. So I lived there until I was about 17. That's when I moved to Santa Monica to go to culinary school. 
Um, and all my aunts are out here, you know, oh, cool. every weekend we'd go do fun family barbecues and, you know, half my family has origins from Mississippi and half my family has origins of Korea by way of Los Angeles. Yeah. So all my family's here in LA, but second generation, third generation, very, um, interesting sort of, um, array of inspiration. Yeah. Um, growing up, I was tasting a lot of diverse foods and that was like very inspiring to sort of my culinary journey. And, um, you know, I think for me, what did you ask me? I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, I was asking about being a part of like teams and like what sports you yeah. play. Oh, but yeah. I okay. do, I do want to know this because I know that you have the Korean side and the Southern side and that had such a heavy influence on you. So let's go there. I love it. Yeah, no, I was like thinking back, thinking back. Uh, when we moved to Lancaster, I my dad was the coach of my softball team. And even before that, when we were still here, I think... You know, I was about five years old. My dad put me in Taekwondo. He's oh, wow. a big Bruce Lee guy. Oh, yeah. Cool. So I think that's where it all started. And I think, I think that that plays a lot into like, yes, team sports, but, um, you know, discipline and the idea of doing hard things. I think mm-hmm. that's very important. And having that sort of growth mentality. I think when you learn what it feels like to like suck at something or like fail even, you know, those are, I think those are like really essential building blocks, especially for like a young mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think like, I'm telling you girl, like there were days on the line where I was like, Oh my God, this is literally the hardest shit that I've ever done. Like I have imposter syndrome. I don't belong in this like three-star Michelin restaurant and by sheer will, will and grit, you know, you show up every day, you know, your knife cuts get a little bit better. Your sauce work gets a little bit better. You start to learn the nuances. You start to become more efficient. And these are the building blocks and the bricks that add up to your self-house, right. you know? And so, and I think those early onset things, going to martial arts, playing on team sports, missing a catch, feeling like I let the team down or whatever. I think those small things, you're able to look back on those things as an adult and apply those same growth methods. Right. You know, those are for sure like transferable things. So I've always had that in me, you know, going to competitions in in martial arts, you know, playing softball uh, up until about, I would say 10. And then, um, and then, yeah, I played like soccer in junior and um, junior of high school and freshman year, I think, as well. And oh then gosh. was doing martial arts here and there. Um, and I got back into it and did Kempo and did like one competition that was so cool. It was out in cool. Vegas. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, and I stopped doing martial arts around, I think, 16, 17. And, you know, I was just like about to graduate high school. Yeah. Like I didn't prioritize that stuff. It was like finding myself and like, <laughs> you know, too cool. And then I found cooking, you know, it's, I mean, cooking's always been there, but yeah. like, you know, then I went to culinary school and, um, yeah. So, you know, it's always been a part of me. I love it. I think, um, I'm chronically like that type of person who's like, wants to like find something and like suck at it and then like learn and work really hard and like be good at it. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? And that's what I love about, you know, the whole like fitness thing. And yeah. I, 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 I think for me, I was thinking about it. I was like, why do I love this so much? And it's not because I'm like, Oh, I just want to like lift heavy things. It's like, if there's a lot of small incremental movements that mm-hmm. add up 
to like being able to do it well, right, you know, right. and not injure yourself, you know, and, and be smart about things. And that's what I love cooking similar, right? Yeah. Like you can look at an artist, you can look at a chef and say, oh, it's like this beautiful ballet. And, you know, it's almost, I, I liken it to like, like a Jedi, you know, you kind of just know and you move so fluid and there's this unspoken, intangible dance that happens when you're in that mindset, right. and in that flow state of creation. And I think those are, it's a very similar process. And so I think it, it's just something that, you know, yes, it's in, innate in me and mm-hmm. I have found it through the lens of cooking, but it's also those smaller building blocks as a kid, yeah. the martial arts, the totally. softball things. I'm a little jealous of that, like, drive to be like, I want to find something I suck at and then be good at it. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you're a really good interviewer and <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> Thanks, Aisha. May I ask you a question? Yeah. How did you come up with the name Table 5? Oh, my gosh. Um, great question, Naisha. Um, so when I um, lived in New York, I had lived in L.A. for three years, moved to New York for, like, a little less than two And in LA, I'd been working as like a talent producer and, you know, I was like, I'm doing all these things I thought I'd move here and do, and I'm so cool. And then moved to New York and was taking classes and like on-air hosting broadcasting and didn't have a job. And I couldn't get an industry job because, you know, that there's no time for anything else. And so I went and got a job at this restaurant in Tribeca called the Odeon. Okay. It's like a classic New York restaurant and was a hostess. And then one day they asked me to be one of the night managers. I'm like, what? I don't even, I've never even waited tables before, but I was like, sure. Um, I'll figure that out. And so I did. And it was so fun. And at the time I always say like, I couldn't appreciate it because I was too young and like my ego would not let me accept that I was like, you once were living in LA, being a talent producer. And now you're working at a restaurant as a hostess and a manager. And so I couldn't like appreciate it the way I should have at the time, or I wish I could have at the time. But Mm -hmm. it's funny because when I look back on that time, the Odeon, I left with like lifelong friendships. It taught me so much about myself. Um, That was actually a job that I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but here I go. I like figured it out. But there was a table there that it's the cutest little round table in the corner of the restaurant. And it's a, like a little banquette and it's table five. And every night when it was time, when the restaurant kind of slowed down a little bit, I would sit there and have whatever my, you know, dinner manager meal was going to be because I could see like the front door, the bar and the whole dining room. And I just loved that table. And wow. when I think back to like that time, I'm like, those, that's like my best memories, like sitting there and just like uh. watching and being like in awe of like the movements of a restaurant. And like, Mm. I always loved restaurants. I always loved the movements that it takes to make a restaurant service work and the locals that would come in, the regulars. Like I, I love everything about a restaurant experience, but I've never, Mm. I've never wanted to be a chef. I don't cook myself. I never wanted to be a server. So it's interesting, but yeah. So I named it table five because I was like, that's, I don't know, kind of like had like a good meaning and it was a special time in my life. Yeah. And it's like, it's so cool because like, you invite these incredible chefs on and like, we get to like sit at your table, you oh, know, it's yeah. like so incredible. You it's know? really fun. And it's like, yeah, totally. And like, as you're painting that picture, it's like those like nostalgic moments are so like something to hold on to. Like yeah. those not, you know, intangible things that get to live in our like brain data yeah. are so incredible. You know, they spark so much like 
nuance and like meaning. Yeah. You know, it's so, so beautiful. Yeah. It's really, when I look back, I'm just, I always say that I'm like, man, I wish I would have enjoyed that time a little more. I mean, I, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But like, it is funny to think like, you know, everything with perspective is a totally different experience. I'm like, had I just been able to be like, it's okay. You're in your mid twenties. You're allowed to not have it all figured out. Go enjoy this experience. Cause it's not gonna be forever. I would have, that would have been great advice. <laughs> Yeah. No, but isn't it so incredible, like the human condition and like the ability to like look back and reflect, like you said so many powerful things about like even, even like the idea of you being so, uh, you know, self-reflective and saying the idea of ego, like yeah. that in itself is so incredibly like powerful to yeah. say like, this is what that was, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's and that, that in itself. And it's like, it's not even just like ego in this like, hard sense it's like the ego of, of the mind and yeah you know, they say like the big matote like right. it's like it's so it's so um it's so powerful it's so self-reflective it's, and like yeah yeah well I imagine coming from kitchens I mean you correct me if I'm wrong but you got had a lot of success very early on in your career you were very young when you started running your own kitchen right your first kitchen that you were like the head of you were pretty young 20 something 24 Am I right? That's so, yeah, it's so, um, I was really looking forward to this conversation. Um, it's so, how do I say yes to answer your question? <laughs> I was, it's just, you know, when we're talking about this and like reflecting back and I think about that time, you know, like I, in our twenties, you know, whatever, like, did I know how to like, did I know what I was doing? No, Yeah. <laughs> but someone else believed in me that I did. You right. know, and I don't, I don't even think. I could like hold up the mirror and say like, you know, you, you know, it's, it's dual sided for sure. I was like, I can do anything. Like I've always had that mindset. I have, you know, I don't know. Like I've just always been like set this goal, reverse engineer the architecture behind it and go get it. Like I've just it's always incredible. had that vision and North star. And I think that literally, you know, is from my dad and my mom as well. I had great support around that, but my dad would always say, he would always just like, always be telling me like, go after it, paint the picture of life that you want, mm -hmm. you know? And um, was so like philosophical about it, you know? And would always be like, you know, like aim for the moon and like hit the fence post, but don't hit the fence post and hit the dirt and like those types of things. Oh, and it's cool. like, yeah, and they always like really resonated with me. So I think, when I was running, running my first kitchen in here, it was here in Santa Monica, early twenties. And I, it was always something I was like, almost ashamed of to say like 40 year old men would be in these kitchens and they'd be like, Oh, you're so young. And I, and I would never want to tell people my age. Yeah. I was always, always the youngest person in every single kitchen that I'd, generally speaking that I would, that I was working in, you know, or that I led because people would be twice my age and like, look at me and be like, why, why should we listen to her? You know, right. and, and nothing else. I always was like, okay, I'm just going to, I have work ethic. Like I might suck at this or I, I'm not sure how to lead in this way, but I can work hard, you know? And, um, I think over time you get smarter and that variable changes. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. the whole work smarter, not harder thing. I was right. like, yeah, at least I could like be the first one there and the last one to leave. And like everything else is going to sort itself out. Now you start to think like, well, how could I be a better manager? How can I, train this person up and these skills that they're lacking and utilize this person who's really great at this, but sucks at that. And you start to like, look at the playing field, so to speak, a lot differently, I think with 
age or whatever you want to say, or mm-hmm. becoming more seasoned, you know? So yeah, I mean, I did, you know, and I became very much like in the, um, I guess you could say public eye at a young age and ah. that in itself, you know, you have to kind of grow up very quickly or, or you just get so like exposed to a lot, you know, like I think in the first kitchens and my first write-ups and things, I was like, Oh my God, like people know my name. Like who? I'm just Naisha, right. this young lady who just loves cooking, you know? And it's like, it was, it was a, it's been a whirlwind, Lindsay. It's been a whirlwind. Well, I yes. bet. And I imagine like at that age in a, in the kind of kitchens you were working in, you were in very impressive kitchens working for very impressive people. Like, was there not ego involved there? Like not even yours, but like theirs, like what were you dealing with in terms of egos? I can't imagine. Well, it was a different time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think, you know, now that we're talking about mental health and like diversity and all of these very powerful conversations, both globally and specifically in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those were not conversations that were necessarily like prioritized back in the day. I think right. it's very much, and I think there's two sides to it. You know, I think it's a, uh, the art and of being a craftsman, the results are in the results, right? You're either great or you're not great, no matter gender, race, religion, preference, sexual orientation, like, no matter what, the result is in the pudding. Like, mm-hmm. is this freaking delicious? Can you execute this? Can you do it efficiently? Can you do the task at hand or can you not, right? And so, yeah, you know, I say all that to say, yes, I came up in some very tough kitchens, you know. And I think a lot of the chefs that I worked for came up in tougher kitchens. And right. I think the chefs before them came up in, in, in conditions that were probably not even imaginable, you know. So I think the conversation around that is that, essentially we become products of the environment, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it takes a a more courageous effort to say, I want to not be this way, or I want to lead in a different way, or I want to set a boundary and say, I don't want to be talked to that way, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think it's about trying to like take ourselves out of our, our own self, you know, and look at it from a 360 perspective and, and even more from on so many like macro levels, right? Like we are of this earth, we are of a solar system, we are in the galaxy. Like a a lot of times our perspective gets shrunken down so small, so small. And we Mm -hmm. think we make these like mountains out of like tiny little molehills and like, you know, and um, I don't think that's everybody. And it's not to say like to take anything away from other people's experiences versus mine. But at the time I was like, had this very militant mindset of like showing up and like, yes, chef may I have another. Yes. Right. I fucked that up. And like, I will, and now I know, and I will never do that again. And like, you're going to tell me because most likely you're under a lot of pressure. You're thinking about food costs. You're thinking about the guest experience. You're thinking about, you know, me and like, you know, my craftsmanship and, and things like that. And it's not to, um, um, celebrate it you know, the ego and right. the, uh, not the non like articulation of like, what is the message? But I think a lot of those skills, communication skills were not celebrated. We didn't know back mm-hmm. then, you know, and I think, yes, girl, like saw some crazy shit coming up, <laughs> crazy shit, I bet. you know, and I came up in the Anthony Bourdain celebration days, right. you know, and, and I wanted to be about that life. Like I was on that like sailorship of a, being a surly line cook mm-hmm. and like, you know, like just being a pan turner, turn like just talking shit, like right. staying out late, like going in this set of my station, crushing it, 
you know, being very proud that, you know, you, there's days where you go in and you just, there's all I cared about was like setting up my station and not wanting for nothing. Like those days right. where you stand back and you're like, I'm a fucking gangster. <laughs> like I, I am, you know, like I, that, yeah. I was just about that. You're like, life look at me, am. go. <laughs> like, you know, just head down, crush family meal. I know that shit was delicious and I'm about to rock the service out. Like that's all I cared about. And I still do, you know, and I was, I, I was in New Orleans yesterday and I was at a table with a bunch of chefs and we were talking about that. I said, what I, what I love more than anything, even in my ripe old age of 40 <laughs> is that if this, uh, we were in a restaurant and I was like, if this kitchen went down and all the cooks walked out and, and the owner walked out and said, we need someone to run service. I could do that. Totally. <laughs> you know, I could walk into any line and crush it. And I just, it's a skill in itself. You know, some chefs are, you know, like to do you know stand and stir things and make recipes slowly and and they're incredible at that some people travel the world on the event circuit some people are chefs behind the line in fast-paced high intensity restaurants and i and i love all three of those things but i'm i just love the um performance level and the stakes i think yeah you get that adrenaline rush on the line like and you just perform under pressure with elegance like that is my, I'm about that life. Yeah. And like, you know, and being able to put that to the test, you know, it was also 2019, uh, doing the Boku store trials, you know, right. it's one of 16 chefs in the nation chosen to do this huge. extreme girl, like huge, the most challenging culinary competition on the planet. Yeah. You know, only women of color to ever do it. And like, it's, it tested me in ways. I don't, I still don't, I think it still broke me. It broke <laughs> me in ways too. You're like, um, I'm definitely still broken by it. However. Yeah, to be clear. <laughs> no, but like, I think, you know, but I have to say, it's just, it rewires your brain in a way to uh, distinguish time yeah. and like the art of harnessing time. Like I'll never look at a minute and the 60 seconds incrementally that add up in that minute again like it has translated me to be able to thrive under pressure in ways I never thought possible right because when you get to that competition you're you've already done the trial 20 times you've cooked the dish 20 times so at that point you're just executing and it's like you are thinking about seconds you're thinking about seconds you know so being able to share those things in a uh you know judge mentor aspect now as I yeah. see the next generation coming up my goal right now is just to share as much as I can of things I've learned you know both what to do and what not to do right you know, I think those are both very valuable um, doses of information right so while I'll say my upbringing was extremely challenging and I'm you know in therapy a lot talking about it at times <laughs> right. and other times celebrate it you know I think that there's um, this duality in it you know yeah, because for sure. I love that shit and you know and I'll be honest there's probably been times where I've led in ways that were like not the best yeah. you know I can truly say that and and I know now you know, you just grow, you know, and, and we're human, you know, and you just kind of try to ask yourself to do better the next day. Right? Yeah. So um, there's been a duality. Yeah, it's been challenging, but it's also been very rewarding. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah. so much I want to go back and ask you about and I will. But since we're talking about like, the mentor side of things. Now you're obviously on a show next level chef where that is what you're doing. You're you're mentoring and you're, you know, getting to share your your knowledge and your wisdom. Like, what has that experience been like? 
So yes, I do have the incredible opportunity. So I do have the incredible opportunity to be on a show that is so rewarding. It is literally like my favorite thing to do because I love, I love competition, right? Not in the way of like being competitive with others, but like testing yourself against time, against trying to get your vision out, you know, in these certain parameters. And while, you know, I've essentially competed on every cooking competition yeah. on the planet, literally, um, you know, at times when you're, you see it, right. As a producer, you know, yeah. like you get to witness it. And for me to be able to be in those kitchens and say, Hey, you might want to taste that again, you know, and say, Hey, you know, what do you think? And, and the best part of it is to be able to get the competitor to work through that process themselves. Right. I might already know the answer. The first day I see them pick up a pan, I know exactly what they know and what they don't know. Like, hands down. Wow. But the goal is not to say, do it my way. The goal is to get these people to think and how they arrive to the answer on their own. That is that whole, like, teach a person how to fish. Yeah, that just like, yeah, I feel like there's so many mentors in every facet of, like, every industry, every where it's very much like, this is how it's done because that's how I do it. And it's like, no, but that's not how I think. Or like, I'm a right brain thinker or a left brain, you know, it's like, there's so many factors that go into how someone decides to process information and then use that in their life. And I think that's oh. so smart of you to like, let them come to that. I, I hope if I'm ever in like a mentor situation that I'm able to do that. Like, I feel like that's such a smart, yeah. like take a step back and be like, this is how I would do it. So I'm going to keep that to myself and let you figure out how you would do it. But this is what the end goal is. And it's like, find your way there. They're so lucky to have you. you I love it so much. Like when I first got asked to do the show, like I like, I, I can't even honestly think of like a better scenario for me to like cross over, if you will, from like not being in the kitchen directly, me being in the pan, but to be able to stand next to someone where I know what's going through their mind. I know exactly how they feel. Mm -hmm. I know how challenging that shit is. And I, I'm not so far removed from it where I'm just tasting the food and never competed myself. Yeah. You know? I've been competing in trying to like break through the glass ceiling or whatever right. all my life being doubted and whatnot, you know? And so I get it, you know? And, and I, and I am not biased to say that I'm not, I'm not supportive of everyone, but it's so in incredible to see so much of uh, the landscape being celebrated in all different types of cuisines, uh -huh. you know, not just in sort of European fine dining anymore. When I was in culinary school, that was it. People yeah. said like, that is the best, that is the pinnacle. And now we see so much different ethnic foods coming to the table and it's right. so incredible, you know, and where I want to say, Hey, here are these parameters in cooking. Think about your salt, think about your fat, think about your acid, you know, it would leave a lot on the table if I wasn't able to experience or me and my fellow judges able to experience what that person has in their soul. Mm -hmm. Right. And tell us about their journey on that plate. And so, yeah, you know, being able to have this opportunity, it fulfills me in ways that I just, I go to bed excited and I wake up so excited to like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. You know, How exciting. it's really awesome. Yeah. I'm going to ask what anyone listening wants to know. What is uh -oh. Gordon Ramsay like? <laughs> um well I have to say Gordon is 
Okay, I'm going to tell you a story quickly. Yes, um, insider was, info. <laughs> <laughs> when I was on the line cooking, it was 2005 or six, And I remember, I remember I, you know, had been into this particular kitchen, maybe, I don't know, six months or so, a year maybe. And I remember one night, you know, maybe it was a hard service, and I was scrubbing the line down. And, um, you know, in these kitchens, you scrub, you know, in a particular way with the grain right. and it's a lot, everything, everything has a purpose and a meaning, but I remember specifically doing that. And I thought to myself like, wow, this is going to be a long road, you know, this culinary career. Oh, and wow. I, and I said, well, and then I thought my next thought was I'm willing to sprint, not ever knowing when the finish line will be. And I had this conversation in my mind mm. and I said, I need to find that North star mm-hmm. and who right now is, crushing it right and that was Gordon Ramsay wow and I thought wow like who's got Michelin stars who's in the media who's doing tv who's like a true legend yeah and it was Gordon and I thought wow like I want to be like him and so fast forward you know 2001 I think was the first season we shot um and it was the first thing I did out of the pandemic and I met him on the set of MasterChef as a guest chef yeah and he also worked for chef joel robuchon yeah um you know the most chef of the century he's got the most michelin rated stars rest his soul um and i did a dish paying homage to him and i didn't know at the time actually that gordon had worked for him Oh. and i'm telling you when i came on set first of all just walking on set and being for the first time on a set that's led by a Michelin star chef, Mm -hmm. the air is different. The way people move is different. The way the conversations, it felt like equal parts being in the kitchen and being on TV, you know? And I was like, this is like speaking to me in ways that like, is like incredible. Yeah. And so, you know, I went through my demo and I'm cooking and I can't, I'm going to try to articulate this the best way I can. But when I was cooking, I felt his like energy. He was like standing with the rest of the judges and I felt him like he was in that pan with me. Like he was in that oven, like, like from a cook, like a line cook perspective, like just a performance. And I was like, and it just was so powerful. And so a few weeks later, they, you know, talked to me about the show and said like, Hey, we think like maybe you'd be interested in like being um, on the show as well. And I was like, um, this is like, the You're like what? Ever, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. So I was talking about it, the producers and, um, and yeah, you know, because I never want to feel like I'm too far removed from the kitchen. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I don't the I even the word judge like I don't want to be like I'm judging you. For me, it just feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's an imposter syndrome thing, but I just don't want to ever feel like I'm here, you're there. Like when I hear right. that word, like yes, I'm able to judge I, you because I'm up here. Yeah, yeah, I you get know, that. And yes, I am an authority figure on food. Yes. I've learned and every facet of cooking from three star Michelin to taco spots in the beach in Hawaii where I used to cook. Like I know food and I can speak to it based on experience, but I I always want to come in and with, that's Mm -hmm. just how, I don't know how else to say that. So this for me in my personal experience is perfect access because I get to taste and offer critiques for people to take with them through the next round and then, and then I also get to like kind of be in the kitchen still yeah. with them. You know, there's still that competitive aspect. We each 
get teams. You yeah. know, and of course you want your like teammate, your team person, you know, the person on your team sure. to win, you know? And so, um, so it, it feeds me in all, all levels. And it I just, sounds like it. you know, girl, he, he, he makes me feel like I want to be the best. Like you want to do great because he's for sure doing great. Like he yeah. never for a second is unprofessional. You know, he, he's so focused and present and kind and, and every morning we could, we get to have team meetings and we talk about the challenges. Oh, we talk about, yeah. Oh my God. We talk about it from a chef's perspective. Like, you know, does this protein make sense with this challenge? Like, Oh, like, what would you make? Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, what was, well, you know, and we talk about it and, and it's so cool to have these meetings of the minds and offer insight, you know, because everyone sees what they see, right? right? Based off of their individual journeys. So when you add all that up, the sun is greatness. Yeah. And that is all that man is about. And it is, girl, it is so inspiring. And so, so beautiful to be able to, I feel manifest that and mm-hmm. say like, this is the guy, you know, and to be able to work next to him, like, I, it's so powerful. It's so, yeah. I, I just, I'm so thankful and grateful. You don't take it for granted for a second. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm assuming he knows that story that you like have been inspired by him. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever told him like that, you know, I don't know. Don't worry. I'll have Gordon tune in to table five. No big deal. (laughs) Oh, he's great. So great. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. When I was a kid, I was like, I want to do something like, I'm, you know, I'm going to live for like a hundred years. It seems like that's the thing that people talk about. I don't know. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be doing that, like, I want to do something that like I love you know, and I was like, okay, what's like a common denominator? And like, that's food. Like I was like, everyone eats, like everyone has like different styles of food. And I was like probably eight when I was like thinking about this. And I was like, it's the perfect intersection because it's mother nature, it's our Mm -hmm. planet. And then like, we are on the planet. And so it just made sense, you know? And so, I mean, I grew up cooking all my life and like, I never even thought that it could actually be my actual career until like I graduated high school. I always wanted to like do something that I loved. And like, when you talk about that, like awareness and intentionality, I think like that is something that is a kind of 360 conversation. Like I never wanted to be like, okay. And you know, you kind of do, but I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm putting on my work hat now or my work face. And like, now I'm putting on this other part of my life. And like, of course you kind of do those things, but it's still, it's a work hat, but it's a chef hat. And Mm -hmm. that is in my soul, you know? So there's, touch points. And I think that those things make up that sort of DNA of who I am, who I want to be, who I aspire to be, you know, and that's trying to live my greatest expression of myself. And so, you know, I think I've always had this sort of creative, uh, you know, right brain thinking type of mentality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up painting and sculpting and just always being artful. And like, you know, I think, you know, having yes, my grandmother pulled me into the kitchen and say, you know, this is how you blanch a vegetable or like, she, she wasn't so, let me be clear. She wasn't so like mentory about yeah. it. Like, this is how you do this. She was more like, do it. Yeah, <laughs> Get like, in here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just that like old school, like I'm teaching you life skills thing, you know, like you're not going to sit in front of your iPad all day and do whatever. Right. Like, you're going to come in and you're going to peel garlic and yeah. you're going to, lift heavy things and you're going to taste spicy things and just, you know, exposing me to things. And so, um, 
it's so cool that I got that experience from my mom's mom, um, who's from Korea, but I would have loved to have that experience also from my dad's mom, who's from Mississippi. And oh, yeah, you know, past Christian, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I remember so I talking got about that. It. Yeah, you know, I got that through my dad, but, um, you know, it wasn't even until recent, like, in the last few years that my dad was, like, talking to me about about my my grandmother, you know, who passed away, I think, like, weeks before I was born. Mm. But she was actually a home chef, and she was, like, oh, wow. working for the Doheny family here in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, she he always talks about her, like, yeast-raised donuts. And, like, he's like, man, Naisha, you always be cooking, just like your grandmother. And, like, it's just incredible, you know, and, like, He's like, she would start dishes that like were meant to be enjoyed like two or three days later, start the prep for that today. Like it's just lots of love and, you know, and my dad grew up with that. So I think, you know, being a chef was ingrained in me because I had my grandmother on my mom's side, you know, teaching me about different international flavors that I don't know if I would have experienced that young, you know, the DNA of my grandmother and the soulfulness of that, you know, and even my grandfather was like cooking in the Korean war, you know? And so, you know, it was just always something that was celebrated, you know, at, at funerals, at birthdays, at family celebrations, anniversaries, always about the food. And so it just, it just became part of me, you know? And then, um, now being able to do that in my profession is just, it's just everything. It's just literally, it's like, I, I, I'm so, I wish I could have like told 20 year Naisha to like, relax a little bit because like now I'm like oh my gosh yes literally the recipe there's no freaking secret sauce any up-and-coming young person not young person second career person that's listening to this amazing table five podcast (laughs) I want to say I'm I want to say like there's no secret secret sauce there's no secret sauce like literally it's just hard work and dedication and like consistency yeah is like how you can achieve your goals. Like, and, and, you know, while yes, I mentioned like sprinting, not knowing when the finish line would be. And, and I don't know if I'll ever know when that finish line is for me. You, right. know? Um, you know, I think I would have been a lot, given myself a lot more grace mm-hmm. early on. Had I known I would be where I'm at now, like, you know, working on the most incredible TV show with the most incredible people that inspire me to be the best. Right. Self every day getting to interact with these hopefuls who come on and and I still get to talk to them after the show and see them and blossom in life you know it's like this beautiful touch point you know being able to still do business you know Mm -hmm. and have incredible pop-ups and do these dinner experiences across the world like all of these things I won't even just, I, I'll use the term manifestation, but I don't want to sound too woo woo about it and saying, <laughs> yeah. just think about it and it's going to fall out of the sky. Like, right. no, you have to put intentionality behind it. Of course. Right. It's networking with the right people. It's, it's asking a lot of yourself. It's, it's having a lot of deferred gratification, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think if anything, and I think Oprah said this too in an interview once, like she would have given her younger self a lot more grace, you know? And I think, um, that's something that one thing that I think I would have been more soft, like yeah. and not so like you gotta go. Right. Right. Know. Yeah. Were your, um, were your parents creatives? Like were their jobs in the, a creative field? Cause I feel like you've talked about like painting and arts and obviously yeah. working in the culinary space. Like that's an art all in itself. Like, did you come yeah. from a very creative household? 
So yes, uh, my mom, you know, she's, she, she's essentially like a homemaker, like raised my sister and I, um, you know, decorated our house. Like I would say creative in that realm, you know, made incredible dinners every night. Um, she was, a, she was, she would like, sew my sister and I's clothes when oh, we were wow. like in elementary school. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Like I really, not that I'd be able to fit it, but like this like fire jacket, Girl, like, I don't know why I was thinking about this jacket. I was like, where is that? She, like, made this black denim, like, cute jacket. And, like, why did, like, the arms, they were, like, lace. Like a, like, a kind of lacy thing. And then, like, jean cuffs. And, like, it was just, I was like, this is, like, so inventive, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, and then my dad, he's a musician. Like, he plays the bass guitar. He oh, plays cool. funk music. Cool. Which I, for sure, I know. He's, like, the coolest guy ever. Literally, my goal is to, like, retire my dad. And my mom, obviously, retire them both. Yeah. But, like, my just, I say my dad a lot. He just worked so hard. Like, my mom had a stroke about, like, 10 years ago. Oh. And my dad, like, he's freaking older. And he still works a 40-hour work week. He cooks for her. He cleans for her and himself, you know. And he's just my freaking hero. And, like, I want to oh, be able God. to work hard to, like, like help, yeah. you know. And yeah. so... The best way I can do that is monetarily, you know? And so my dad's never taken a vacation, like, ever in his life. Never been on a plane. He's just super old school and super, like, super, he, like, doesn't ask for anything, you know? And it's like, ugh. So, um, yes, he's super creative. And, like, all I want him to do is, like, quit his job and play music because he's so dope. But, you know, he had two kids to take care of, and he wanted to take and make sure that he had a job that was, like, I have a paycheck every week and right. not live that like artist on the road thing. Oh my gosh. And I remember that, I don't know, when I was a kid and he's like, I want to go to film school. I want to, you know, do these things. And he's written two full freaking screenplays and like not really do- has done anything with them. Um, which I should maybe help him with. I know. Like, like, oh I my know. gosh. I'm like, who do we need to introduce your dad to to get these screenplays I mean? made? Because that would be so he, cool. What a story. So cool. What a story. Like literally when I think about this as a kid, I was like, this is what it's going to happen, you know? And so, yeah. And so my goal has always just been like, work, 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 work as hard as I can. Cause I come from a very blue collar family. Like we didn't have much, like thinking back, like, yeah, we didn't have much at all, you know? And it was a struggle, you know, like looking back now, I'm like, wow, like, cool. Like we go to the grocery store. It's like, okay, we have a hundred dollars spent on groceries. Now I'm like, that would get you like freaking nothing for a family of four. It's Enough like in LA, nothing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's like, how did, how did they do that? I would have never known, you know, we had an amazing childhood, played outside, played sports. I hope you can retire him. And I feel like you're probably on the right path. I hope so. Yeah. I got to find someone about the screenplay though. Yeah. I'm like, let's add that to our to-do list that, you know, people in Hollywood, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's what's, I, that's what I love about taking a moment, having conversations like this. I love a pod. Like it's just because you know, you get it. Yeah. You're like busy and it's like to be able to like sit, you know, drink some water, have some tea. (laughs) And, like, share life conversation. And I knew that specifically I wanted to do it with you because you're just so intentional. And, oh. like, being able to talk about these things, it's, like, it's cool. You kind of forget because you're a lot of times thinking about your scope, your current scope and, like, what's right. to come and, like, calendar and the things and, you know, oh, making sure so you wear sweet. solid colors on camera. 
<laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's always a thing I feel like the producers say. Like, so now I was like, looking at my wardrobe, I was like, all I have is like, that is yeah. so me. That is so funny. Yeah. No, I've been following along and like hearing the conversations of the chefs. You get to see this whole other side. Oh, wow. It's like more intimate side. Yeah. And you're such a good like interviewer and you paint the picture well. And I'm sure producing helps that sort of brain like yeah. work that way. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's cool. Oh really inspiring. Thank yeah. you so much. You're making me blush. It's very nice. Um, <laughs> well, I do also want to talk about you had um, a restaurant that I loved, Leona, oh. way before I even knew you. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, which got some very exciting praise and also from, may he rest in peace, Jonathan Gold. And I just remember thinking like, like, you know, when I first like got to know who you were and we're like trying to like take down notes for, you know, one of our shows and was like getting to know you so I could ask questions. I'm like, wow, like you had a very impressive career. I know you don't have those restaurants anymore, but talk to me about like opening those restaurants, the vision behind it and what it feels like to have someone of that caliber. I mean, I'm sure anyone complimenting your work is huge, but someone of that caliber, it's like getting an Oscar, I feel like, to tell you that you're, you're yeah your restaurant is amazing like yeah no he yes while I do value all of the kind words that people have said about you know food and tasting that experience um Jay Gold specifically stands out for me because I'll tell you he was the first person that I felt understood my message on the plate oh wow like like the first time I read his work about a dish that I cooked for him, I was like, he crawled in my mind and like said to, and was like a projector to me. And like, it was such a surreal, beautiful moment that I will cherish forever Mm. because he, 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 he saw me, he felt Mm -hmm. me, he understood where I was coming from. And that was a first for me while there other been other write-ups and people, you know, check the boxes and do the thing so intentional so and I think his ability to write about music and and you know it translates into the idea of like these sort of the same way you think you'd talk about a hi-hat and a bass drum or a you know guitar riff like and those different notes that add up to this incredible experience on the ears he similarly dissects flavor in that same context right and it and 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 so Leona, I remember even specifically, I was standing on the front line and I was making this dish and, and he would always just be in the back of my mind as like this person wafting around in my brain and, and essentially was my muse because like, then it just became, he, 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 what, and for the, for the pure pleasure of not the notoriety, but the pleasure to connect with a soul right? like that is the stuff life's about to connect with a, a human soul, right? Or any soul for that matter. But I, I would start to think about these dishes and, and, and think about how he would articulate that message behind it if he was to taste it, you know? And, um, and there was one dish in particular that he talked about, like, uh, and he said it looked like a, it, it felt like a Dutch painting and the way wow. that I constructed it. There's just such a freaking deep intentionality that goes yeah. into the crafting of dishes and he felt that he saw it, you know, and um, that's harnessing years of experience. You right. Know? And 
for a fleeting moment. And that's what I love about food is that it can live now in your brain. You know, you think about how you felt when you tasted that dish. And, um, and so, you know, that was one of the moments for me that I'm the most proud of, you know, and just cooking in general. And so, you know, in this, uh, second time when I cooked for him and he wrote about native, um, and, it was one of the last write-ups he actually wrote before he passed. Oh, wow. And he's, yeah. And so he, I want to say it was the last write-up and he said, and he said that was published and he said, um, Naisha's food tastes like Los Angeles, you know? And I think what he meant by that was really what I aim to, what I aim to share, you know, yeah. for me, I've always had this thing about myself that I never wanted to be one thing i never Mm want to be like she's the chef that does this i don't know it just doesn't speak to me right i love to i just i love to have a wide tapestry i love to go to morocco and learn about this beautiful spice or get this zatar and Mm -hmm. go to israel and you know that's just who i am that's my dna you know and that's how i'm inspired but then i it always comes back to this uh what is she giving us now being mother nature right is that these incredible cherries and i'm like fuck i gotta do something a cherry dish with this yeah and and, you know oh i I have this incredible curry or you know and it tells a story you know and so um that happened to be the the process of this dish that i cooked for him off menu i was at the farmer's market and uh these guys from local wild seafood had these incredible dungeness crab Mm. i got a whole crab and I just made, I cooked for him and I made this dish for him and I ended up doing the pairing with it. And people, some people were like, oh, you know, we don't think that's a great pairing. And like, I, I just, I had to, I had to do it. I felt, I felt the feeling of gold. I, I, this is how I can best articulate. It's going to sound a little woo woo, but <laughs> I had this, um, I had this, it felt golden in my spirit before I made it. I was like, it was this the adjective best I can describe. It's like sparkly gold effervescence and then I and then I worked backwards from there and so it was about you know the sherries and how they played with the dungeness crab and the sweetness of that and um the sommelier came back to the kitchen after I plated the dish for him and I had just I didn't even want to disturb you know it was like maybe four people dining with him and I walked by just kind of glimpsed walked back into the kitchen and the sommelier came back and he said chef Jonathan said that was one of the best bites of food he's ever had in his life. And specifically the pairing of that and oh. how that interacted. And like, it, it just sent my heart just fluttering, you know? And, um, I, I, I almost yearn to have someone understand my food like that, where they right. can really pick up on all the nuances because that for me is the value. That's why I cook, right. Is to, uh, to share an experience, right? To, to encapsulate, articulate an experience. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful kind of periodical, you know, it, it lives and then it goes away, but it lives in your soul. Yeah. You know? And so you're capturing what is the best of the season. You're capturing a story, you're capturing culture and art and uh, an expression, you know, of that craftsman. And it's like um, such a powerful thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Leona, that was my first restaurant and it had some amazing praise and, you know, I got Chef of the Year from Eater and like all kinds of cool accolades. Yeah. But, you know, it and and it was a it was 
it was an experience, you know, and, and then, um, and same with the second one, you know? And so for me, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm asking myself, like, do I, you know, is a restaurant important to me or, you know, how do I cook? How do I express yeah. that thing? One week I might want to cook, you know, super chill, rustic, California coastal cuisine. And next week I might want to cook the fanciest French fine dining, opulent 16 course thing, you know, and I, and I have the ability to articulate both, you know, because of the non confinement of it, you know, but you need to open a restaurant that lets, that's just like, literally it's called like tasting or something where you just get to yeah. do whatever you want. Like, I don't know what I'm coming into this. tonight, but I know that Naish is going to cook something amazing. Like, I love this. This do is it. literally like, <laughs> I love this. This is seriously like the best expression of myself. Like I remember true story talking to my dad in the kitchen. And I was like nine years old. And I was like, yeah, I want to have a restaurant and I want to call it a plus one good restaurant. And like my dad, I literally, said, I wrote it on a paper. I seriously. And I, and so it was funny because my mom, for some reason, painted the kitchen pink. I'm not hating on it. Probably wouldn't be my first choice. However, I remember this visually, like standing in the pink walls, linoleum floor. Oh my and God. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. A plus one good restaurant. Like, okay, what are all the best things? Like a nine-year-old brain would say that just when totally. you get A pluses. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I was telling my dad that and he's like, oh, okay, cool. Like what would it be? And I was like, every day it could be something different. Like it could be like you yes. know, noodles one day and tacos the next and, th and this and that. And it could be like a trip around the world. And he was like thinking about it. And he was like, yeah, you'd have to have like a really big pantry. I was like, yeah, I would. And he didn't necessarily say like it wouldn't work, but he was definitely thinking about like how to go about this, you know? And so I remember being able to cook for him at Leona and he sat at my chef's table, him and my nephew, um, and like my dad is not a go out to eat guy. I told you he's a very reserved, loves a meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Totally. Like give him a burger. He's set. And so, you know, to sit at a chef's table and have an omakase style like tasting menu and see me in my element as chef Naisha, not just Nini, yeah. as they call me. Oh, cute. You know, like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, I remember, oh, I remember him tasting this dish and he literally like looked up at me and he was like, Naisha, like you said you wanted to be a chef and you did the thing that you said you were going to do when you were a kid. And like a tear like came down my face. I mean, I, like, I think there's going to be one on such, my face right now. It's just, it was such a beautiful exchange in that moment, you know, mm -hmm. because he was the last mm -hmm. diner and it was just like very dimly lit room. And like, it, it just felt like this whole like, coming to like that ratatouille moment of like being able to cook for your family member who, you know, the world sees you in a certain way, the people you interact with see you in a certain way, but your family, they see you from when you, you they birth you, you know, and yeah. they say what? And then you do this incredible things and you put yourself out there continuously and, you know, and I, you know, and your parents are the ones like, I'm like, dad, can I do this? Oh, I had right. this bad day, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you can, you know? And it's like to see that, and then feel it and see me in the chef Naisha jacket. Like that, what a moment, you know? What a moment. So, There's something so cool about too, I just think like, 
even sometimes when I'm like, I, I don't want to care what my parents think or my sisters or my brother or my friends. Like, I'm like, I just want to go do what I, you know, whatever you do care, yes. you do care. And it's there and there's a layer. And for your parents to witness something that you're doing, that means something to you that you're doing well, that like they know you want to be doing and now you're doing it. It's just as much a compliment to them. I think, you know, it's like, 100%. Oh, we nurtured this thing that this idea she had or not even that specific idea but we nurtured this person in a way that made her feel like she can go do that like i think about yeah, that a to lot do anything yeah to yeah, do anything to go conquer anything. whatever it is that's in your in your mind totally fashion designer freaking rugby player i don't know like it would have been anything but they they gave me the tools they're like yeah. okay we're gonna put you in karate we're gonna play have play team sports you're gonna go to ceramics class, you know, and, and do just do things like right. it's important. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. And I love yeah. that for your dad. Like I'm sure looking up and yeah. seeing you in your restaurant doing your thing was probably like the coolest experience for him. Ugh, probably more than I know. Yeah. You know, if I know my dad more than he led on or leads on every day, like, you know, we, we talk a couple times a week and he's such a just low key guy. Like I could be like, dad, Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. This seems like such like a big deal in my mind. And he will always find a way to like bring it back down yeah. and be like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like you've got, you know, this. or whatever. Yeah. What did they think when you, I feel like I, I asked chefs this a lot because I'm always so curious. It, you know, used to not be this very exciting thing to be a chef. You know, people would be like, very much hard, so. It's a hard job. It's not an easy job. It's not a glamorous job. Yep. Like, why are you going to go work in a kitchen? Like, what did they yep. think about you wanting to be a chef? I mean, I know you grew up in kitchens and, you know, cooking with your family and enjoying that. But when you were like, this is the job I'm going to go try and get, were they like, what's wrong with you? Or yep. they're like, go get them. I remember when I told my parents, uh, hey, I want to be a chef. You know, my, I remember first, this is exactly how the conversation was like, Dad, we got to go down to culinary school. We have to go to this culinary school. My friend's going there. It's a thing. Like, you be a chef. So exciting. You can be a chef. And, uh, yeah. I was like, you can be like a real life chef. And he's like, well, this is definitely better than your idea of like, you want to be an artist. Because yeah. in my mind, I was like, this is the next great freaking Michelangelo or whatever. Right. And, or, you know, whatever. I was going to be like the next great painter. Sure. And um, Da Vinci. And so, you know, like, you know, so they were more like into that idea than me trying to be the next great painter. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, like, I can't speak for all parents. I think most of them are like, oh, I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, right. you know, the higher paying things. And like, um, it just didn't speak to me. But um, I don't think they were thrilled about it. But I think my dad, once my parents saw that how happy it made me and how dedicated I was to it, slowly they started to like understand, you know, yeah. and, um, it was, it's, it was hard and it was scary at times too, because, you know, interning and then it, it's like, it's like layers. Like you start to see more and you see more and you see more, you're 17, 18, you're out in the real world and you're like, shit, like I, this is hard. I know I need to like learn all these things. I need to do well in school. I actually am realizing I know nothing <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but I also need to make money. And it's like, ah. and I remember like, you know, going to culinary school, wanting to intern. And then I ended up like working in the cafeteria at UCLA because I was like, this job pays well, you know, and I can like work there. But I remember getting to that point of thinking like my bank account was like dwindling and I was getting really nervous. And that was the first time I felt that fear of like, 
fuck. Like, I, I don't... Right. Like, things are getting tight. Like, that's a different kind of scary when you don't know how you're going to pay for things. Yeah, like, you know? where will the next paycheck come from and how will I have it in time and will it be enough and how, what am I going to so do? So scary. That is a very scary feeling. And I remember feeling that for the first time. I was, like, sitting in my little student dorm room apartment thinking, like, how am I going to do this? You start thinking all these wild things, you know? And then, um, yeah, and so then I got that job and then um, and then I went, you know, from there. I worked there not that long, got a little money, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I went to another actual restaurant. Cause then, I, then I was like, oh, I have a kind of skill on my resume. Like, I worked in a cafeteria, you know, and like um, – so then from there, it kind of just like continued up the yeah. ladder of working in like different kitchens and like um, continuing to grow, you know, loved stock and sauce making. Like that was the thing that spoke to me the most, you know, Chef Chapman's class. He was so incredible. Like he rests his soul. Uh, I remember the first day that I finally, you know, got my knife kit, my first knife kit, you know. Took on all the debt. I was like, Naisha's a culinary student. Took on all the debt, got some knives. I'm saying that shit is real. And I'm still paying on my student loans. It's like oh my incredible. Gosh. It's so gnarly. And so, but I remember sitting the, the first day, I'm like, okay, we're back in school. Like I, I would always used to like sit in the middle or the back of the class. And I remember like wholeheartedly being like, I'm going to absorb every single comma sentence paragraph and everything in between and I sat in the first row dead center and just was like it just I'm I I the weight of it like I have to say it felt like just the universe descended upon me mm-hmm. a ton of bricks hit me and I was like this is my shit like say all the words to me like I want to know everything and when I talk about that idea of like head down to the cutting board and not looking up like that was the start of it. Chef Chapman, stocks and sauces, like learning how to make a white veal stock, a brown veal stock. Like what is the roasted chicken stock and how do you distill these da- things down into that gorgeous sauce work that I saw on that plate that hugged my fucking soul. Yeah. Like I was like, you can, this is, this is a palette. This is a palette of flavor that you can just create yourself. You create your own palette and then you create the art. Mm-hmm. Like so cool. I love that. All right, I'm going to do what we do at the end of the podcast, a quick fire okay. five. So okay. First thing that comes to mind. Um, okay. Last meal before you die. Wow. Oh my gosh, my stomach just growled. <laughs> um, last meal before I die. I'm going to say this. I, your girl loves a good steakhouse. Like I'm a big classic steakhouse kind of girl. So... I'm going to say last meal before I die is going to be a dry aged. I'm going to say ribeye cap. Yes. Yes. Specifically. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that. Um, maybe the whole eye, the whole ribeye. Okay. I'm going to get so specific. Do I want it. The I whole ribeye. That. Dry aged ribeye. I want it cooked on the bone. Okay. But then I want them to take the spinalis or the rib cap off and let that rest. And then, Roast the eye of the ribeye a bit more, brown butter, mm. aromatics, thyme, garlic, and I want them, I want a duo. <laughs> and then I want it with, okay, 
Preceding that, I want to have the best French onion soup. Yes. For an app. But I don't want a huge one. I just want a little one. I want like a baby. Like, you know, yeah, like six bites with like a lot of really brulee cheese, a great crostini, rub it with a little garlic, um, lots of beautiful like cognac or sherry Mm. notes to it. And then I want to have a delicious wedge salad, but like a wedge salad that's like properly made. I want like beautiful bacon lardons. I want them blanched first, roasted, um, delicious like sun gold tomatoes because they're so sweet and delicious and dainty. Uh, I want some delicious blue cheese. Uh, I want a little bit of shaved like shallots on it because I love a little allium on it. Um, or, Or like, yeah, I want some like, lots of like chives in the dressing, right? Like I want it like to be a buttermilk dressing. Um, yeah. So like, and it has to be very cold. Like, I think that's very important. Lots of black pepper. Yes. And then, um, I'll probably have like a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I like all these kinds. These are like, I'm so basic, but like, I love, no, I love like, it. zesty horseradish forward, kind of Tabasco forward, um, cocktail sauce. I just need like two shrimp. I don't need like a whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then, yeah, and then I want to have my, I think I'll go, yeah, I'll probably have my steak next, if not like a little pasta moment. Um, no, I think I'll just do the steak and then I'll have that with like, um, I want it with, I want a surf and turf situation. Mm. I want my like ribeye duo. And then I want, I'll probably have like Alaskan king crab mm. over like lobster um and i want it with like lots of drawn butter like warmed beautifully done and um i think maybe a vegetable maybe not maybe some cream spinach um and then uh for dessert okay i'm gonna have two desserts probably like a butterscotch budino i love a budino oh me too right oh my god same I love those flavor profiles. Me too. Like sticky toffee pudding. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like salty yes. and like, oh, it's so yes. Caramelized. Yes. So I would say, yeah, I'll probably have like a, a, a pre-dessert of burrito and then like a sticky toffee pudding. Um, yeah. I think that that's it. And, and probably some cheese on my last course. Yes. Of like beautiful aged cheeses. Yes. And it's like some beautiful like red wine. Favorite city to eat your way through? Wow. Favorite city to eat my way through? Well, it's going to have to be, oh, favorite city. I mean, LA is an easy one, but we're not going to say LA. We're going to sound worldly. We're going to say something <laughs> international. <laughs> uh, I would say, okay, um, Hong Kong was 100%. Like, um, I don't remember the specific city I was in, but I had some of the best dining experiences in Hong Kong, the noodles, the soups, the Peking duck. Oh my gosh. Amazing. For sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to switch this one up because usually I say, if you weren't a chef, what would you be? But I feel like we've kind of covered that in a couple of different ways. So I'm going to ask you, okay. what is your favorite music to listen to when you're cooking? Wow. Oh, I'm such a music girl. What is my mood? What season am I in? What I'm making? What day of the week is it? It's all facets right but yeah but we're gonna say oh my gosh so challenging so many come to mind okay uh i hate having favorite things i'm gonna say um 
reggae is the first that popped into my mind. Love that. However, <laughs> close seconds are third. Close seconds and third. Um, for sure, some hip hop. And I love a classical music moment. Mm -hmm. Like classical music in the kitchen or some like lo-fi beats is a vibe for sure. Love that. Okay. And yeah. then favorite beverage, whether alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Arnold Palmer's are my favorite. Yes. I am such a big fan of like a properly, not even properly, like a well-made lemonade. Mm. And like some unsweetened iced tea in there to like balance everything out. I freaking love Arnold Palmer's. It's my favorite beverage. I love that. Okay. And then yeah. last question, number five. Do you have any tattoos? Yeah, I have a bunch. Do actually. you? Yeah, you wouldn't really know. I know. have them in discreet places. Oh my God, I hear yeah. Ginger just walking around in there. Yeah. She's like, I'm ready for my bike ride, mom. She literally is. She's literally like looking at the front door and just like putting her face on the door. Oh my gosh. Well, it's my fault. I can't believe how long I've kept you, but I am just so happy we finally made this happen. I think, like I said at the beginning, like you're such an inspiration. I just find so much joy in even knowing you Aww. and getting to keep up with you. And this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Yay. Thank you so much. I truly like- What a great like... conversation. No, you're incredible. I'm out here, girl. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Naisha does quick fires like me, which is not quick. I mean, there's just always more. You can always go deeper. I hope you all enjoyed my conversation. You can follow Naisha across socials at Naisha Joyce. And don't forget to keep up with Table 5 at Table 5 Pod. Thanks, y'all.